Welcome everyone to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast that explains how your local team stacks up against the rest of the NBA. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Nuck If You Buck with Devin Zanskis. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Cavaliers Central, Grizz and Grind, 305 Culture, Blazing the Path, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, Spanning the Spurs, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, and the LA Hoops Report. Plus our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, and Bleachers and Boards. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoop Heads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast, brought to you by the Hoop Heads podcast network and hosted by me, Devin Zanskis, as always. Today, I'm coming at you solo again, but... I'm sure uh, all of you listeners have heard the superstar rumblings this past week that we obviously need to address. Uh, One of the superstars clearly being uh, our very own Giannis Antetokounmpo responding to uh, some questions on his uh, hopefully eventual um, designated veteran extension with the Milwaukee Bucks. The Athletics Eric name... uh, asks him a question, obviously, about the extension, and here is Giannis's response. He says, Right now, Eric, I'm not focusing on that. My agent Alex and John Horst and the Milwaukee Bucks ownership are focusing on those discussions, and I'm just trying to focus on myself, how I can get better, how I can help my teammates be better, and how we can be ready for Saturday to play our first preseason game. Now we'll get into more of that uh, first preseason game that I'm sure all of you were very excited to uh, watch and experience some some real basketball again for the first time in uh, not as long of a wait as we've had to endure in the past, but nevertheless, nice to see that. Um, now beyond uh, Giannis's response here, he did have a few other quotes. I'm not sure if all of them uh, are a continuation of what I just said or from uh, other questions that he was uh, perhaps bombarded with in the uh, training camp media availability, but I'll share them uh, with you. Um, Giannis says that, uh, well, with all that being said, from his last quote, he says, obviously he cares about uh, the extension talks. It's a very big decision. One of the biggest decisions he's going to make. Um, And then... To the point of that he's not focusing on it and he's leaving that up to the Bucks and his agent Alex. Uh, he says that he's not going to lie. He's not the type of player that talks to his agent uh, five times a week, which makes sense from what we know uh, from Giannis and how family oriented he is. And uh, yeah, I mean, not not too shocking. He, he seems to really only care about uh, how he can become better as a player and um, also how he can take care of his family. But of course, um, that all kind of uh, becomes intertwined with these extension talks. So 
Um, the last quote that he has, um, which should be encouraging to Bucks fans, but you know what else is Giannis supposed to say uh, if he's not ready to uh, put pen to paper and he's still technically a Milwaukee Buck? He says on the extension that he doesn't believe it's a championship or bust situation, and uh, nobody wants to win a championship more than him, um, and that uh, he and the team have no choice but to keep uh, getting better step by step. So that supports, um, again, his aforementioned focus on he and his teammates getting better and being ready for uh, this past uh, preseason game. Of course, Mike Budenholzer was also uh, questioned on the extension talks, and I'm sure many other players have been asked about it, and and uh, it won't be the last time that other players are asked about the extension either. Um, but Bud uh, has to say about talks between uh, Giannis and him, uh, he's saying that those conversations between him and Giannis have been really good. Uh, whether it be uh, as they made their way through the summer in the first uh, few days of training camp. Um, he says to him, it's just all about winning with Giannis, and that's all Giannis cares about um, is, um, yeah, also wanting to be uh, being coached hard so that he can exceed at the highest levels as well and hopefully bring home a championship, and hopefully that will uh, be in Milwaukee in the very near future. Um, lastly, Bud just says that he uh, feels incredibly fortunate um, that uh, Giannis is with us, and um, that being because Giannis is the best of the best, as uh, the back-to-back most valuable player trophies are a testament to. And that last quote was brought to you uh, from uh, locked on Bucks Kane Pittman. Uh, there will be some more um, training camp stories to get through, but while we're on the topic, uh, specifically on Giannis, uh, probably uh, if not the um, the top news of this past week in the association, um, definitely second to the, those Giannis quotes would be what uh, Shams Sharania of The Athletic had to share. And that is that James Harden has opened up his preferred destinations from the Houston Rockets uh, to the Milwaukee Bucks and Miami Heat, uh, in addition to the Brooklyn Nets and Philadelphia 76ers that he's already mentioned. Uh, Now, I would urge all the listeners at home right now to not get themselves too excited about this potential trade um, for, I believe... Andy Bailey, I know in the past and maybe still he's been a contributor at uh, Bleacher Report, but I feel I felt that he hit the nail right on the head with a tweet saying that the Bucks pretty much gave gave away everything they would have had to um, for Hall, for uh, Harden when they made the trade for Drew Holiday, and that's should be abundantly clear to all of us as. The Bucks did receive some sort of criticism for uh, giving away such a haul of draft compensation. Uh, all those Bucks fans are uh, feel pretty confident in that all those uh, draft picks given away will be worth it to get Giannis and that it's necessary um, to move those if it's to um, 
you know, entice Giannis more to stay. Now, when this happened, however, it kind of, in just text messages with friends of mine, it led me to kind of uh, consider a really interesting question, and that is um, whether or not I would have uh, preferred to do uh, the same Drew Holiday uh, trade package uh, for James Harden. Uh, however, uh, in that scenario, we probably would have had to swap in Chris Middleton for uh, Eric Bledsoe in that trade. Trade, which is natural because as much as as much as we're excited about Drew Holiday, uh, um, definitely from the. I mean, I think this is Drew Holiday's 12th season now, so we don't really need uh, any more evidence from the one preseason game that we've seen so far. But we're all pretty excited about Drew Holiday, but James Harden is on a level of his own and uh, much closer to the level of, of Giannis uh, than he would be with Holiday or Middleton. All that said, though, I still think that um, the overall goal as I've mentioned, with the Drew Holiday trade was to urge Giannis to stay. And I think even though, um, you know, on paper, Giannis and James Harden could maybe be the one of the deadliest offenses in NBA history and, and Giannis being a defensive player of the year. And in this scenario, we're still um, keeping uh, Eric Bledsoe and uh, Brooke Lopez. Those guys would, would be able to make up for any... Uh, any lapses that James Harden may have on that end. It's really interesting that if Giannis has a real beef with anyone in the NBA, it must be James Harden. In fact, he even, uh, during last year's All-Star weekend or before then when he was building the teams, he said that he passed on James Harden because he wants someone who will play defense. Now, it seemed like Giannis was more so joking with that, uh, but... Harden definitely took some exception to that, and um, Harden's also been a little more brash than Giannis in comments uh, indirectly at each other, but directly about each other since they've been contending for MVP trophies for the past few years. So, um, yeah, even though those two would be insane together on an NBA roster, I'd be afraid that... um, that maybe Giannis wouldn't really be interested in teaming up with James Harden, especially after what we've all seen um, in recent weeks with him not reporting to camp, being seen at clubs with Lil Baby and all that. But yeah, I think that that we've done plenty to encourage Giannis to stay despite him not uh, signing a new contract yet. And um, yeah, maybe bringing in Harden would do more harm than good if we brought him on just for the sake of uh, of a healthy locker room. But, I mean, James Harden is James Harden. He's undoubtedly one of the best scorers of all time in the NBA, and that's, that's really not even a debate that I, <laughs> that I would be willing to, to have with anyone if they wanted to uh, reach out to me at, at Nuck If You Buck NBA or knock a few buck the pot at gmail but i mean shoot i'm always open to any listeners who are willing to engage with me so you can hit me in those dms or via email if you'd like as mailbag questions are always accepted um but yeah i think that's plenty on uh james harden and Giannis 
for now, um, you know, I, I could I could maybe go longer. And I know this is probably what's most on Bucks fans' minds at the moment. But <laughs> for my own for my own mental health, and I would urge any anyone who takes the Bucks uh, nearly as serious as I do to maybe try to not get too worked up about it. Because at the end of the day. Um, just because he doesn't sign the extension doesn't mean he won't sign a new contract uh, with us either. In fact, just before this podcast, I was playing around. I have a little, uh, it's called Giannis Optimum Contract Spreadsheet that I've developed. I had planned to share it on a previous podcast that I was on, but um, this was a podcast that I was guested on, so I wasn't able to share it. But I did a little bat- bit of math on... Uh, uh, what Giannis's contract would look like if it were either a Supermax extension or a Supermax contract. And this goes along with my point in that just because he doesn't sign this Supermax extension uh, doesn't mean he can't sign uh, the Supermax or designated veteran contract uh, this summer. And I even have some theories as to why if he were to sign this contract that it may even um, you know, it might even help him to wait until this upcoming summer if he's willing to, even if it's at the detriment of uh, the team and fans. Because now the maximum salary is, of course, um, is kind of a function of a percentage of the uh, NBA salary cap. And we know that the NBA salary cap is a little more twisted than usual considering the pandemic and fans largely not being allowed at games. I've mentioned before how um, for the next few seasons that that Giannis, um, or excuse me, got Giannis on the brain, of course, but how the NBA has engaged in cap smoothing to ensure that we don't have another 2016 situation. So the NBA salary cap based on... Uh, the basketball-related income that they get in the next few years is guaranteed to at least increase by 3%, but will not increase by more than 10%. So Supermax means that Giannis can sign for uh, 35% of the salary cap instead of 30%. Now, some of my understanding may be a little flawed. I want to give that caveat, but if Giannis signs an extension um, before the season then I'm inclined to believe that that the extension will be based on the salary cap that is in place when he signs it, um, meaning that 30% of the salary cap right now, pardon me, 35% of the salary cap right now is just a hair above $38 million. Whereas um, if the uh, salary cap were to increase by 3% or up to 10%, Giannis could earn... Um, First year maximum salary, 35% of the cap being uh, $39 million and some change and uh, $42 million and some change. Meaning that he, he could stand to make more money if he were to just push it to uh, the offseason. Now, I'm not inclined to say for sure whether or not that's his plan because if he maybe if he already knew what his plan was, then... You know, if it were if it were as simple as maybe I'm making it out to be, then you know maybe he would have come back with some more definitive statements on what he's going to do. But 
I guess we can just go along with saying that it's not quite his focus at the moment. And yeah, at the end of the day, maybe the money isn't quite as important, but more so um, like we saw with uh, Robin Lopez this pass off season on a much more micro scale. Maybe it's more important for Giannis to be able to control his own destiny. And in fact, if he uh, plays for now this season, the one after, and the one after with the Bucks, I believe he could sign a supermax of 40% of the salary cap um, for once he enters his uh, 10th season. Because that's how the uh, the experience thre- thresholds work out with the supermax. So um, I also think that there's a chance he could sign for a, for a uh, two plus one contract. Um, but could be even less, a one plus one, um, if he wants to control his own destiny even more. Um, but yeah, uh, I think now we're certainly at enough of the Giannis and Harden talks. I hope I was able to articulate that clearly to everybody. But again, like I said before about any uh, James Harden debates, you could always... Uh, you could always pose any questions in my Instagram or Twitter DMs or or uh, at my email if uh, you want any clarification from me. But you could probably also find a lot of this online too. So I want to go back into some of the trading, training camp uh, media discussions um, from um, slightly less marquee players than Giannis and Harden. Um, and first, I'm going to open up with uh, your podcaster's favorite, uh, Tory Craig. Here, he had he had some uh, hamstring uh, soreness, tightness, whatever you want to say, and that um, had him limited in practices practices at some time this week. But later on, and on Friday, he was able to participate in most of those practices, and we saw that he was also um, in play a ton of minutes on Saturday, as some of you might have noticed, but. He looked to be uh, defending Luka Doncic about as well as anyone could. Um, I mean, he was able to to slide his feet pretty well and stay in front of him at all times, and uh, also also uh, get skinny around screens like I had talked about a lot in my draft analysis. And then Bud also had to say about Torrey Craig in uh, practices this week that for him to guard guard Giannis, it's uh, Great to see Giannis get pushed uh, every day, and um, so yeah, that's that's another big testament to Tory Craig, and not only being able to defend uh, Luka Doncic, who's more right around his size, size, but also uh, but also check Giannis, as we saw Drew Holiday do as well in some videos where uh, Holiday was able to strip Giannis and and use his uh, use his strong build to uh, you know bother the greek freak as much as uh as much as one will be able to see from him but yeah it was really great to hear these quotes on uh tory craig and it was even more exciting to see him out there saturday in the first preseason game another uh new bucks edition bobby portis of course that we've had some talks about and there'll be even more talks on him regarding saturday but it was uh, quite wholesome, I thought, to hear about uh, Portis's excitement to play for the Bucks, saying that uh, he hasn't even played since March, of course, since he was on the Knicks and they didn't make it to the bubble. So he's uh, more anxious than anything, which um, is hum- humble of him to say. You know, these these guys are human. They 
maybe they get nervous to a degree as well before games and it's understandable considering cliche but these un- these unprecedented times that we're in more on uh, Portis's uh, nerves on returning to real uh, basketball action he said that you can play pickup uh, but you can't simulate an NBA game he loves playing he loves competing and for him not being able to compete uh, has been a heartbreaker and um, yeah basically he's just saying that he's really excited to do what he loves again and to compete again uh, against the Mavericks on Saturday and that is going to be fun and he definitely, uh, Bobby on Saturday did show that he was able to um, fight those nerves with the energy that we expect from him. And um, yeah, I'll touch more on everybody else with the with first preseason game as well. But um, I'm definitely a lot, well, not to react too much to one preseason game, but I'm already feeling uh, much better about the Bobby Portis uh, signing than I was before. Now, um, Chris was also quoted in the training camp media availability saying that they must uh, take advantage of this time um, being their championship window because that window, it's not as big or as open as maybe it, it's one, as maybe it once was. Excuse me. Um, it's not um, as easy as one may expect, of course. Um, but yeah, so... Basically, for Chris, he's um, he's telling us that he feels the sense of urgency in the organization to take advantage of this exceptional team that that they're on uh, while while they have it, and hopefully that really wasn't you know wasn't really displaying any pessimism pessimism on Giannis signing an extension or not. But yeah, like like I always like to say. Um, Expect the best, but prepare for the worst. So I guess maybe that's that's just uh, a veteran and Chris Middleton uh, speaking on uh, his understanding about the league and all of his years, uh, you know, uh, being a player participant in the league and growing from a G League alumni to and to an All Star and an All NBA candidate. And rookie Jordan Noir also said that he. Uh, worked out a lot with Chris and that he was able to get a lot of advice from Chris. And uh, that's really encouraging to see as well, since those two will be playing uh, pretty much the same position uh, for for years to come. And um, yeah, I was also impressed from the limited time that I saw from Jordan Dewar. Of course, it was largely the fourth quarter in garbage time when we were down against the Mavericks. But, um, you know, he looked he looked like he didn't indeed have real NBA size and show that uh, he was comfortable handling the ball and, of course, putting up shots like him and Sam Merrill were known for before entering the Milwaukee uh, Bucks' organization. Um, and then some, just some other news that I heard from training camp this past week was again from the Athletics' Eric Name, and I believe he wrote a piece on this, but the, the tagline for it was that... Um, Returning Milwaukee Bucks only pay, played uh, 50% of the team's uh, minutes last year, so there will be some sort of a learning c- curve, of course, with some of the uh, new additions that the Milwaukee Bucks had, one of them being uh, Brent Forbes. And 
I saw on Twitter that someone shared this stat, of course, um, from uh, Bryn Forbes when he was on the San Antonio Spurs and more specifically on DeMar DeRozan as DeMar ranked fifth in the NBA in uh, three-point assists. That was a total of 211 assists on uh, three-point field goals. And the biggest beneficiary of that was uh, our very own uh, now uh, Bryn Forbes, who received um, received about a quarter of those assists uh, in total, and more than more than uh, twice of the assists that the next two scorers on the list had. Uh, yeah, I believe he had fifty three of those two hundred and eleven assists, and the next two guys down had uh, twenty six. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing uh, Bryn Forbes knock down. More threes for the Milwaukee Bucks, spread the floor, and also maybe put it on the deck as we were able to see him finish at the cup uh, at least once on Saturday that I can just recall at this moment. But, but you know, he, he played real minutes as well out there, so I look forward to seeing more from him. Uh, and then the last training camp uh, media day quotes that I'll share with you guys, although it's quite interesting, is Mike Boonholzer's uh, ideas on switching, which uh, may come as a shock to some Milwaukee Bucks fans. Uh, Bud says that he thinks that they've had the personnel uh, to switch for a very long time, and it's incumbent on them to use it more and get more confident in that and, yeah, get more reps in switching. And that's music to the ears as many, uh, of many Bucks fans because obviously what we want to see from Bud here is more wrinkles, um, Maybe more specifically in his offense, but you like to see it as well on defense since, um, yeah, I think uh, some criticism that could be bestowed upon Bud is that, um, you know, um, we've wanted to see more pick and roll from him in the past. Of course, we haven't always had the personnel to do it, but I mean, although they're not the best guys like Eric Bledsoe and now Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton are capable of it and they have maybe the best uh, roller in the NBA and Giannis Antetokounmpo. So, um, yeah, maybe Bud doing more of what we see uh, a lot more common around the NBA than we do on the Bucks in, um, you know, offensive actions like a pick and roll or on defense like switching, which is what made the the Rockets and, uh, I mean, especially the Warriors so effective in, their, in the dynastic years that they had. So yeah, I, of course, Bucks fans would have wished that we still had uh, Marvin Williams to to uh, be one of the affecting switching bigs on this team. But uh, here's to maybe him signing a rest of season contract that we can afford later on in the year. Though I would tell all Milwaukee Bucks fans to temper their expectations on that. Hey, hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com, spelled A-R-Y-S-E, 
and use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. I thought I would share uh, again more quickly through some of the more NBA um, at large news. And that, of course, has to do with how the league will um, make sure they have as safe of an environment as possible with the pandemic. And um, biggest news on that front, or some of the biggest news, I guess, is that the NBA will administer uh, daily point of care rapid testing. Um, Results for uh, for a team for all of their teams. Pardon me. During the season, the results are expected to be received in approximately 30 minutes in market and 90 minutes on the road. Not sure why those would really differ, um, depending on where the team is playing. But maybe the results are are to be handled by each organization, and then when the Bucks are on the road, they'll be getting those results back from Milwaukee and. That's what would lead to the additional 60-minute uh, leg, but that's totally just speculation on my end, and I'm not at all a uh, healthcare administrator, so maybe you guys know better than me. Maybe more interesting is that this policy um, involves a protocol for if there were to be invalid coronavirus test results. And, of course, the... Um, the participant would undergo another rapid test at least 30 minutes after receiving the result from the first test, but they would still be able to participate in team activities while waiting the second result. Uh, that's a little scary for me as uh, someone who wants the NBA season to continue on. We know there will be um, positive results throughout the season. NBA has, of course, uh, named... Uh, positive results already so far, but there were before there were games played in the bubble as well. So shouldn't get too worked up at that. Hopefully those would go down, but at the same time, as I'm thinking out loud here, should we really expect these results to go down much more from where they are now? Because, I mean, players will still be able to <laughs> um, leave their homes and do whatever it is they please pretty much. Um, unlike with the NBA bubble, you know, you can't, uh, I don't know, I guess you can't stop stalk all of these players, um, and make sure that they're not doing what James Harden is doing and, uh, going to clubs and whatnot, or, you know, like the MLB players who, who hit Potawatomi after, uh, after a regular season game. So yeah, who's to say that the, Coronavirus uh, positive test results from NBA players uh, won't exceed the uh, eight uh, new cases that we got this past week out of the 541 uh, players tested since December 2nd, which was also just announced this week. But it is worth noting that that was significantly less than before. I don't remember what the previous number was, but I mean... Yeah, this is significantly less than last week, but um, I'm not saying, I definitely don't want to say also that that those results will be eventually down to zero and stay that way for the rest of the season. Also related to the um, 
playing through the uh, COVID-19 pandemic is that the NBA's uh, competition committee unanimously recommended to expand active rosters to 15 players. Kind of a no-brainer. Don't know why you wouldn't do that in a time like this when you might see guys have to sit out uh, for testing positive. And, you know, if you're going to have uh, 15 guys on roster anyway, why not have them available to play the games? I guess that might be, um, you know, to ensure that guys at the end of the bench, like uh, like our Jalen Adams or uh, our Diakite, if I'm saying that correctly, our two-way guys aren't just um, showing up in Milwaukee in street clothes for no reason, but um, yeah, as, as long as this helps NBA games go on as scheduled, then I think this is a good move, and so does everyone else, I guess, if this was a unanimous decision. Now, uh, speaking of games, um, going as we'd like, um, I guess we can't entirely say that for the Bucks as they lost their first preseason game against the Dallas Mavericks, uh, just last night as I'm recording on Sunday, December 13th here. Um, but we shouldn't really get um, too bent out of shape about this loss. Uh, we lost uh, 102 to 112 to the Dallas Mavericks. And um, I mean, we had our the starting lineup that I would have expected in Drew Holiday Dante DiVincenzo, Chris Middleton, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Brooke Lopez versus the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, missing Chris Stapps, Porzingis, of course, and then having a starting lineup line, lineup of Luka Doncic, Josh Richardson, who was recently acquired from the Philadelphia 76ers, Tim Hardaway Jr., Dorian Finney-Smith, and Dwight Powell. So they at least were missing a another uh, much more important piece considering anybody else that we would be missing but I think we had a full active roster that we would expect from the Bucks if everyone were healthy um, unfortunately we weren't able to bring home the victory though we will have a chance to redeem ourselves I could be wrong in this and this is a quick Google search for any of the listeners out there but um, I'm th- pretty sure we play the New Orleans Pelicans on this Friday the 18th and then we do play the Dallas Mavericks again um, sometime between uh, Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. I'm not sure which one of those days. So I guess I don't want to spread misinformation there. But yeah, early in this week, we will uh, have an opportunity of redemption against the Dallas Mavericks. And I thought I would share some thoughts on what we saw from our Milwaukee Bucks uh, from our first preseason game. And of course, uh, with uh, Drew Holiday, he uh, definitely didn't disappoint. Um, I don't have his his splits right here, and I don't know if he had maybe the most uh, I don't know, the most explosive offensive performance here right out of the gate. But um, he did uh, show a lot of activity on defense, especially um, he had a, a remarkable uh, interception late uh, from the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, which we saw a lot of this uh, naturally in the first preseason game for both teams. A lot of, a lot of poor passing, uh, a lot of steals um, that were picked off from the opponent, of course. But 
that was a, an especially uh, exciting play because uh, someone was trying to throw it over the top of Drew and he just was able to to jump straight up and and swat it back like a, like a volleyball player on the front line there and recover uh, recover that steal, run back down on uh, the offensive end uh, and hand it off to Chris Milton before Chris lobbed it up to Drew Holiday. And uh, yeah, Drew Drew really got up there. I thought he could have finished finished the dunk on the alley oop, but nevertheless, uh, play was was uh, exciting enough by my standards, I must say. And uh, he also did look um, definitely less hesitant than a, than we've seen Eric Bledsoe be with uh, shooting the three. It was a, seemed to put it up a lot quicker than we've seen from Eric Bledsoe. So that's something to be really excited about, but. One, one stat that the broadcast shared that I'd heard before, but I don't know what my original source. Maybe that's because it wasn't reputable from where I first heard this, but nevertheless, broadcast was able to share this and that Drew Holiday uh, defended uh, more of the top uh, 30 scores in the NBA last season than anyone else, and that was um, uh, over 800 possessions in which he defended uh, the uh, top 30 scores in the NBA, and... Uh, of course, from what we've heard uh, from his peers and from his defensive accolades in the past, uh, um, if anything, Drew may be uh, underrated on, on that end of the ball, and many many consider him to be the best defensive guard in the NBA, even above that of like uh, like an Eric Bledsoe, um, Marcus Smart, Patrick Beverly, uh, Dejounte Murray was another recent uh, All Defensive. Team recipient Chris Dunn, etc. I'm sure I'm missing some guys there, but um, yeah, many things to be excited about there with Drew Holiday, especially when you're considering that he's replacing Eric Bledsoe. Uh, this isn't about to become an Eric Bledsoe uh, slandering podcast just because he's not on the team anymore. But I, I don't think I'm spinning any hot takes at all right now and saying that Drew probably does. Um, I mean, most, if not all of what Eric Bledsoe did, but better. And Bledsoe was definitely not a slouch, especially on the defensive end of the basketball and could definitely get his on offense, um, when he wanted to, or on the right night or, uh, not in the playoffs, but that's neither here nor there right now. And I will get, uh, back into reactions from first preseason game. Specifically, uh, Chris Middleton had the first two buckets for the Milwaukee Bucks, then hilariously got blocked by the rim. Um, but, you know, it's a preseason game and happy he's uh, working out those kinks uh, now rather than in a couple weeks when the season already starts. Uh, he finished with a line of, of 18 points um, for assists and two rebounds in just 24 minutes and did all that in a, in a variety of fashions, of course. Uh, uh, laying it up in transition from the cross-court pass from Holiday right away and then scoring a deep two um, for the Milwaukee Bucks on the next scoring possession. Uh, he also did his uh, best Kobe impression as well with the turnaround jumper later on that I recall. Um, but yeah. Uh, Chris Middleton, as we've uh, grown uh, to uh, know him all these years, um, seems to be 
in pretty good preseason form despite that uh despite that uh, unfortunate uh block shot at the hands of the rim there very early on in the game of course uh perhaps we shouldn't bear the lead here in that uh yanasana uh also looked to be in preseason form uh reminding us of those uh those long strides of his showing that that he can get to the basket with ease putting guys like Dwight Powell uh, underneath the cup and uh, finishing finishing around those big guys as well. But he was able to uh, finish with uh, 25 points, one assist, and 10 rebounds in just 24 minutes. And that was also considering that early on in the game, Bucks fans had a bit of a scare when Giannis took an inadvertent elbow uh, from Dorian Finney-Smith, but of course was able to return later on in the first quarter. Um... And yeah, it was totally fine after, uh, you know, getting stitched up there at the top of his uh, left eye near his eyebrow. And yeah, basically Giannis was Giannis. Uh, I mean, he was he was one of four from three, including uh, including an air ball early. So um, for better or worse, Giannis was Giannis. But of course, that's. Uh, more good than bad, to say the least, with our uh, back-to-back MVP and current Defensive Player of the Year. The real star of the show, or maybe just most surprising, I should say, is uh, Bobby Portis, who, as I had mentioned before, I had had my doubts with signing him. Of course, it was, uh, to put it, not not uh, ever so lightly, but... Uh, I thought the Bobby Portis signing was more of a necessary evil considering our uh, our light front court rotation as it stands. Um, but he really uh, proved me wrong in that first preseason game, and I couldn't be happier for him considering um, the nerves that he was really transparent about that I really that I already uh, covered earlier. But Bobby Portis. Um, really ran the floor uh, incredibly hard throughout the entire game in all 20 minutes that he played. And um, that maybe should have been expected considering his reputation as uh, as a real uh, energetic big. Um, he finished with, uh, with 14 points, two assists, and 13 rebounds in just those 20 minutes there. And um, four of those points came from uh, two ferocious dunks, uh, in transition that he received from DJ Augustine dump offs. Um, and there's also a stat that the broadcast shared in that Bobby Portis was one of just three players to average 10 points and five rebounds in just the, uh, I believe it was either 20 or 22 minutes that he averaged. But um, yeah, re- showed that he had real strong uh, bench production last season for the Knicks, and we're hoping to see the same from him in Milwaukee. Um, we touched on uh, DJ Augustine now a bit there um, and being able to read the floor incredibly well. Um, and yeah, um, before this game or maybe during on the broadcast, uh, Augustine, of course, received some pretty positive reviews on being able to run the offense um, off the bench uh, fairly well. And I touched on wanting to perhaps see more pick and roll and that's uh, really DJ Augustine's bread and butter. So we should be excited about having him. And um, 
as he showed to still uh, be able to uh, set up his guys uh, particularly well in this first preseason game. I mentioned the uh, Bobby Portis dump-offs, but uh, probably the best play of the game as far as um, considering excitement was when he threw kind of the impossible lob to Giannis uh, from the right wing uh, when Giannis was... You know, he's Giannis is pretty much right underneath the basket, but it, I don't think the bigs had quite made it back yet. Um, so Giannis was under the basket, but being fronted by one or two of the Dallas Maverick guards, and then uh, DJ just tossed it up to Giannis uh, from the three-point line, and Giannis was able to uh, make it look easy, slamming it down over the Maverick guards. So um, I'm really excited to see um. Yeah, DJ Augustine uh, be able to execute those those looks that uh that our players are able to give him, I guess, for lack of a better phrase. But you know, uh, we were able to see see a lot of uh, positive stuff from our guys despite the loss. Of course, um, I don't quite have the numbers here, but the Mavericks definitely shot better uh, from three in this game, uh, not only from Luka Doncic, who uh, hit hit a couple step backs in the row in a row, but also uh, there are other guards like like Trey Burke and uh, Josh Richardson, uh, Brunson as well. They were all able to to get theirs and fill it up in a variety of ways against the Milwaukee Bucks. So uh, maybe Bud will have some um, defensive points of emphasis and. The upcoming practices for the Milwaukee Bucks going into the season, but uh, I mean, yeah, 100, 102 points also isn't 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 a ton for our for our team to be scoring on a nightly basis in twenty twenty one. But um, a couple other guys that I just want to mention from this game before I close it out: um, uh, Tory Craig that I had mentioned before is kind of a question mark going into the game whether or not he played, and um, I didn't see a ton from him offensively, but de- defensive end it seemed. Um, Seemed uh, just as advertised. He was able to stay in front of Luca exceptionally well, and uh, able to grab. Remember, he was able to grab an early offensive rebound not long after he had entered the game, um, and get skinny around a screen. Get skinny around a screen, like I mentioned before too. So, um, hopefully, as Tory Craig gets a hundred percent, we'll see more from him, and hopefully, see him knock down some threes as well. Um, then to close it out. Um, Fourth quarter, we were down by uh, 15 at one point, and also it's only a preseason game, so uh, winning or losing, it's maybe to be expected that our starters would be on the bench resting after they'd already gotten uh, 25 minutes of run there. And, uh, totally unimportant game, but the fourth quarter was really owned by uh, Dante and DJ, and DJ specifically, uh, I don't have his, have his stats right here, but um, he was able to he was able to get his. Um, I know. I remember a, a specific play um, where he he drove from the three point line and got and got right past uh, uh, the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, Freddie Gillespie as well, who is who is regarded as a as a pretty versatile defender, just like DJ. But uh, DJ was largely unaffected by him and driving past him on the wing. But um, mostly DJ was able to uh, to. 
be exceptional as a as a roller in the pick and roll and uh, picked up a lot of a lot of dunks and dump offs from teammates and might have even knocked down a three from from what I remember but um, yeah hopefully we're able to see more of this in more important games for DJ as he'll definitely have well I'm I'm, I'm hoping he'll he'll get more of a shot uh, as our front court rotation is a lot less full than in the past after losing Robin and Ursan and Marvin uh, but we'll just have to see if if Bud uses him more or of course it's also likely we just see more from uh, Giannis at the big but I don't know having lost three guys and only only really brought bringing back one I would I'd uh, feel confident saying we'll see more from DJ this season and then um, Dante of course he started off the fourth quarter I believe or he didn't didn't play all the fourth quarter like like a lot of the less experienced guys of course he started for us and I predict that he'll start for us but uh, but I ended up throwing him back out there um, given that he's a young player and uh, and uh, yeah we needed I guess maybe we needed someone more reliable on offense to to lead the young ones out there is how Bud could have seen it. Um, and yeah, and I think he, he did a fine job leading our offense in uh, largely garbage uh, fourth quarter preseason minutes. But uh, not much of a compliment of a compliment there. But I, th- I think it's the right move for the Bucks to keep him in the starting lineup with um, how with all the different things he can do for us uh, on offense and how versatile he is on defense. So. I'll leave it there for our first preseason game, but we'll have our chance at redemption against the Dallas Mavericks uh, early this coming week. I'm looking forward to checking it out and hearing your guys' reactions. A um, couple, couple other things here. We're still under, under an hour, so I'll mess around with some unimportant points here, and that is uh, the ESPN's annual uh, Top 100 lists, and it's important to mention that this is what they're predicting as far as... Uh, Production from players uh, for the uh, 2021 season ranked. It theoretically has nothing to do. Um, well, yeah, it's theoretically it's ignoring past performance unless uh, using it to predict what they'll be doing this upcoming season. Of course, hopefully I explain that well. Um, and the biggest takeaway that I heard from it before I even realized that this had came out was uh, that Tyler Harrow was ranked over a number of guys Um some bigger names, and rightfully so. Um, as you know, guys do fall off. Um, and, you know, despite John Wall um, showing a, a lot of uh, positivity Friday from what I saw in his first game with the Rockets, um, you know, he, has, he hasn't missed... It's almost exactly two years um, since he... Um, uh, played with the Wizards, so um, I don't think it's too far fetched to think that Tyler Harrow could be better than him this season. But I also wouldn't be shock- shocked at all if he if John Wall is um, more of what we saw from him in the preseason. If he's definitely better than Tyler Harrow, but these rankings did come out before uh, Friday's uh, first uh, Rockets John Wall game. But other guys that I listed for who I thought. If not clearly better than Tyler Harrow, at least in the discussion, to be better than him. And that's uh, not Milwaukee uh, Bucks' own Bogdan Bogdanovich, who is now on the Atlanta Hawks. 
Um, TJ Warren, who looked like the NBA bubbles Michael Jordan, but we're predicting 2021, so maybe that won't be the case. Uh, OG Ananobi of the Toronto Raptors, who is easily one of the best uh, man defenders in the entire league. Of course, hit that uh, that amazing buzzer beater uh, against the Celtics in that would have been round two. Um, but yeah, ma- mainly, um, yeah, it, it, sh- it shouldn't be lost in these rankings that OG Ananobi is um, is a certified elite defender in the NBA, and um, and yeah, is is going to be due for a, a pretty big extension soon. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, I have listed, a uh, recent all-star, but now is playing for the um, less exciting uh, Minnesota Timberwolves, um, and he's he's been a bit maligned the past year or so, being on the uh, uh, not-so-great Golden State Warriors, who were injury-riddled, um, and then moved to another... Uh, not last season, but for seasons to come, less exceptional Western Conference team in the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, but you know, I, I, I don't, I don't want to forget um, how good D'Angelo Russell has been recently, and and thinking that he could be, he could be just as good, if not better, than Tyler Harrow this season. Um, someone else I have down is Aaron Gordon, who. Uh, similar to OG Ananobi, um, another very versatile uh, forward defender, um, but he can also also do a little bit on offense uh, there. And I think, you know, with with a couple of these guys, I think uh, considering their their uh, defensive defensive production being underrated, could maybe put them ahead of Tyler Hero on this ranking. Um, and then, and that. That being said, more offensive-minded guys um, that I think could easily be ahead of Tyler Harrow um, are especially DeMar DeRozan, who I think really should be ahead of Tyler Harrow. I had a little stat above there on uh, on DeMar that uh, must have uh, – was probably, now that I'm thinking about it, that's, that was probably motivated by this ranking, and uh, DeMar might be um, – the consensus most egregiously uh, underrated guy on this list, especially comparing him to Harrow. Um, and then uh, Buddy Heald as well was behind him and furthest behind him of everyone that I have listed. Obviously one of the most elite three-point shooters uh, in the NBA. I could see how people argue that that Tyler would be able to create more for others. Um but I think overall, him, uh, Buddy and Tyler are fairly similar players. Um, Tyler is obviously in a better in a better situation. Um, but yeah, I guess I don't want to. I don't really want to slander Tyler Hero too much. Of course, uh, Milwaukee and Wisconsin and uh, Woodland Conference native. But um, but yeah, I just I just think it's a little. You know, considering that we haven't been able to see that much of Harrow, of course he had he had a really great playoffs for the Miami Heat. I think it's a little a uh, bit of a reach to have him definitively this high in front of in front of all these veterans that I have listed. But same time, he could easily be better than 
than, than a lot of these guys that I've mentioned and, and more. So, yeah, um, probably more important to Milwaukee Bucks fans here, but not as much of a shock. Um, Giannis Antetokounmpo was ranked third uh, in the NBA on this list, and that's uh, behind LeBron and Davis. Uh, some of you might be sensing a little bit uh, recency bias in that, but I mean, hard to argue considering what they've just done, of course. Um, but yeah, I guess I can list out the rest of the top 10 here. Um, and maybe think back to the top 10 that I've discussed uh, in the past with 305 Culture's own uh, JJ Rivera. Um, but the one that uh, ESPN had was for this upcoming season was LeBron, Davis, Giannis, Luka, Kawhi, Kevin Durant, Damian Lillard, Steph Curry, James Harden, and Nikola Jokic. Um, I don't have any huge qualms there. Of course, I'd like to see Giannis uh, up front, but I also can't really get too bent out of shape about uh, a top three ranking either. Um, But hopefully for 2021, we'll see him number one there after uh, Giannis accomplishes what, uh, what LeBron and Davis did in the bubble this year. Knocking on wood here. Next for the Milwaukee Bucks, we had Drew Holiday at 33. And interestingly, that's two spots ahead of Chris Middleton at 35. Um, I mean, going along with all that I mentioned with those guys behind Tyler Harrow, I think you have to take defense in account, in account here. But uh, but still, considering how, how efficient specifically Chris was this past year, I could definitely see a world in which, in which those guys would have been flipped. I, I probably would have, um, honestly, but I, I could easily be proven wrong here considering, uh, I guess, yeah, I guess at the end of the season, I wouldn't be shocked if uh, the order we have here uh, does hold up once these guys are on the court together. Um, I've noticed that De'Aaron Fox is in between those two, um, similar to well, yeah, his teammate Buddy Heald there I mentioned isn't really in a in a in a great position to display his talents in front of the rest of the league and get recognition. Uh, De'Aaron Fox did just receive uh, a designated uh, a rookie extension from the Sacramento Kings this off season. So I also won't get bent out of shape about Chris being um, behind him either. But um, I guess if I'm Chris Middleton reading this, I'd be a little bummed being behind. A much younger pe- player like De'Aaron Fox, but Fox is no slouch, and I wouldn't uh, be upset at that really if I were Chris. Um, and then Brooke Lopez was all the way back at 86, but considering his spotty uh, shooting, and I mean it's a really tan- talented league, so being anywhere on this list uh, shouldn't really be an insult at all, especially Brooke at his advanced advanced age. After all, he was ahead of a LaMarcus Aldridge, who um, many would argue has maybe accomplished more than, than Brooke has throughout their uh, similar length tenures in the NBA. Uh, of course, Buddy Heald, um, who I've mentioned, was behind him as well um, and is uh, known as one of the better shooters in the NBA who can do more than, than spot up as well. Yeah, I can't really be too upset at these and rankings are silly to begin with and they're entirely subjective obviously 
And I could see how ranking the best basketball players in the world would be pretty difficult to do. So if you're at home getting really upset about this list, I would uh, I would urge you not to. Yeah, I would just not get upset at this at all. But I figured it would be worth uh, touching on, especially, especially, I mean, with the Harrow thing, maybe... Maybe if you're more interested in that, you should check out 305 Culture, uh, who had the podcast with J.J. Rivera that I've already mentioned. I'm sure he has more to say about it and would probably uh, come, at, come at the defense of Tyler Harrow more. But yeah, um, I see no reason why we can't move on from there. I'm firmly at an hour now before uh, before editing, but... I, I figure I, I might as well get into this last mailbag question here from my brother that I thought was really interesting. My brother Drew, of course, whom I um, had a really fun time recording the recent draft recap with, if you haven't checked that out yet. Um, but the mailbag was, um, who do I see joining the others in the starting lineup if uh, one of the five starters gets injured? So right down here, I listed out some possibilities or I guess who I would see would be the leading contenders to replace each start if they got injured. So I'll go just down the line, run one through five positionally if uh, they were to get hurt. You know, this is assuming that uh, Saturday's starting lineup and the one that I predicted is the starting lineup uh, regularly throughout the regular season. That would be um, one through five, Drew, Dante, Chris, Giannis, and Brooke. I had written down that I would see uh, DJ filling in for Drew if um if drew were to get hurt but you know we also did hear the comment that i mentioned about um being um uh being excited about uh dj leading our bench so i see i see the guard positions more in flux than than uh, other positions considering uh bud's history in the past of starting um you know, leaning towards a bigger starting lineup, even in the event that Brooke or Giannis were to be out. Of course, that's um, probably more subject to change this year, considering our our uh, more shallow front court rotation. But um, yeah, I'd say I could see Augustine filling in for Holiday. If Holiday were to be hurt. Um, uh, then if I have uh, if Dante were to be injured and he's the regular starter I have in uh, either a Tory Craig or a Bryn Forbes filling in for him kind of each um, whereas Dante has more impact um, has a more balanced impact uh, on both sides of the ball I could see uh, each of them being able to fill in uh, largely of what Dante does, but only on one side of the ball. Of course, all this said, um, and you'll see with the rest of my with the rest of my rankings. Um, I believe Tory Craig can defend three uh, three positions uh, exceptionally, but um, you know, missing one starter wouldn't wouldn't really be the end of the world in terms of uh, our odds for one regular season game. Uh, down the stretch here, you know, we have a lot of talent. Um, you know, we have a lot of talent uh, in our starting lineup with, uh, let's see, four uh, 
past or reigning all-stars on the team, two reigning, of course, and then uh, Brooke and Drew being all-stars in the past. Um, so yeah, may- maybe we-, we wouldn't be looking for uh, DJ Augustine. Maybe-, maybe we wouldn't need him to be the engine of our of our offense um, if Drew were to be out in that case uh, before. So I could see one of these two that I've mentioned also starting if Drew were to be hurt and then I guess nominally moving uh, Dante to the one unless you'd consider Forbes to be the one in that case because obviously uh, Chris and Giannis can handle the ball as well as well as uh, our other two regular uh, starting guards. So maybe you just want to see someone more focused on uh, spacing the floor and uh, defending tougher assignments on the wing in uh, Forbes or Craig. One of our guards were to get hurt. Now, if Chris were to get hurt, and I've alluded to it before, so I guess if Chris or Giannis were to be hurt, I could see uh, Tory Craig most likely to fill in for either of them. As I mentioned, he can defend um, two through four well, and I think can fit in against other guys even uh, in spots. And if uh, the Bucks do uh, uh, show to be uh, more likely to switch in the future, um, but yeah, if, if Bud does want to start bigger, I wouldn't, I also wouldn't be shocked if he were to throw, uh, Bobby Portis in there, uh, in the starting lineup as Portis has probably played more forward than center in the past. I mean, I can say that confidently. I know others consider him more of a forward than a setter versus, uh, my idea of Portis, but you could also see Portis starting in place of Giannis, but then that doesn't leave much coming off the bench. Uh, for the Bucks, besides uh, DJ Wilson, and also I, I, I can also see Giannis slide or not Giannis Chris sliding up to a four if necessary. Um, others would probably consider Chris more of a wing, but I mean Chris is a solid uh, six eight. He's I wouldn't be surprised if he's if he's like two twenty as well. Um, but yeah, that's what I see in our four rotation, uh, healthy or. Uh, little injury riddled but then with uh if if brooke were to get injured kind of like i've said with the possibility of portis uh filling in at the four i could also see him filling it filling in at the five see him largely as our backup center despite what he's played in the past um but if um but you know if bud wants to see his best five out there regardless of injuries i could see um I could see him using Giannis more uh, at the center, which will be more necessary this year, giving the front court depth and uh, maybe putting in my, my guy, Tory Craig in there somewhere. Um, if Giannis slides up to the, to the five, if Brooke were, uh, God forbid if Brooke were to become injured at all this season. Um, but yeah, hopefully all of those hypotheticals, hypotheticals aren't too sacrilegious for all the Bucks fans listening right now. And that's about all I have for you today. Um, I've already mentioned, well, my Twitter and Instagram. You can always uh, get at me there at NBA. The U is just you. The rest is uh, spelt as it sounds. And then you can also email me, though I am less attentive to it. You can email me at NuckIfYouBuckThePod at gmail.com. You there is Y-O-U. Um, but... Yeah, you can also um, you can also read some of my writing at sportsbusinessclassroom.com. Uh, 
at this point, from what I've seen, the most recently pu- published piece that I have is um, is still that um, the detail on the Bogdan Bogdanovich and Pat Connaughton uh, signings or lack thereof. But more importantly, at this moment, um, of course, I am distributing merch. I have uh, Kelly Green uh, long sleeve tees with the Nuck If You Buck logo on them that I think looks pretty slick. If you want to check that out on my on my Twitter and Instagram, just DM me your size if you're interested. They're twenty dollars, and I'll already be ordering more as um, as uh, a lot of my uh, wonderful friends and family have. Uh, have reached out and uh, either either uh, already purchased or committed to um, uh, getting one of my shirts. And uh, if you're looking for a late Christmas present as well, um, which I must say is remarkably affordable, I might even take it, be taking a loss on this. But we're in, we're in, we're not sellouts here on Nuck a few bucks. So just let me know if you want a lo- uh, Nuck a few buck long sleeve tee. And it will be going to a phenomenal cause in uh, my bank account. So, yeah. Grab a tea. Let me know if you have any thoughts on what I've shared this episode. And I'll see you in another life, brother. If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod but aren't sure where to start, the team at My Podcast Manager can help. Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best. We'll help you launch your podcast, make it sound great, and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, visit MyPodcastManager.com to get started. Thank you for tuning in to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast. We hope you join us again. See you in another life, brother.